right. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. It's how we started out. Hasn't been like that too much lately. <laughs> uh, miss you, James. Hope you feel better. I can't imagine trying to keep doing like these, these, you know, for him, he's taping at like two in the morning, right? Is that what it is? Something like that. But he's a little, he's a night owl. He can hang most owl. of the time. Uh, he's a gamer. But feel better, man. Feel better. We miss you, James. We also, we teased on Twitter that we thought we were going to have a special guest on. That did not happen. We'll, we'll get them on soon. We get, There was a date confusion. And I think we both know who we're going to blame for this, but we, we won't embarrass him. We'll, we'll wait until they actually make their appearance and then we'll, uh, then we'll tease who messed up the dates. But yeah, man, it's just the original two back at it. Guys, we thank you so much for listening. Definitely a lot more of you are listening now than the last time it was just Justin and I together. So <laughs> we appreciate how many of you have joined on in the past year and thank you for supporting us. It's the people that listen. It's the people that reach out. You, you are the reasons we keep doing this. It's a lot of work to put out this show and just being able to interact with all of you makes it fun. And I know that that keeps me motivated. So thank you all. But Justin... Let's get into it because we had, so we recorded exactly a week ago and then right after we recorded, just a bunch of news just became announced and we're like, in, in typical fashion, Sam, there's always a signing after an episode of pot on you loons after an off season episode of pot on you loons, you can count on a signing. I'm not sure if there'll be one today, given how quick we are after the most recent episode, but there might got be, a lot to go over. There might be like an official announcement, I think, Sam. I think that might be the thing that happens after we tape this, but it's okay. The, and they always do that. that that's right. what Minnesota United does. They Something is totally a done deal. It's announced by every credible news outlet. And then a week later, Minnesota United will reach out on social media and say, we have a signing to announce and <laughs> we get our hopes up. And then we're like, oh, it's just some dude we already heard of. So, But before we talk about signings, Let's talk about people who we won't see much of this year, starting with Thomas Chacon, our 20-year-old designated player. He arrived in 2019. He has only made six appearances for the club. He's being loaned to Liverpool, Justin. <laughs> oh, really? The, the Uruguay Liverpool, anyway. He's being loaned to Liverpool in Uruguay. And the only part that confuses me is it's pretty much their off-season now. So. He never got to play with us last year because with COVID, we just couldn't let him go. Uh, even though he wasn't going to get any playing time here, we were worried about potential injuries because as, as you remember, Justin, there was a point where we thought we might get called in. Um, <laughs> man, like he didn't get to play at all last year. And now he's going to Uruguay and he's probably not going to play there at least in, at least for a couple of months. So I don't really. Is this the end? Anything bad. Is this the end, Sam? It would seem that way because even if this loan is super successful, I would assume that he would rather not come back to Minnesota United. I would assume he'd rather go somewhere else and then Minnesota United could sell him and maybe make a little bit of their investment back. I don't know. So uh, looking at the roster, his number 11 has been given away. And that is sometimes kind of a sign that it's over. So Nico Hansen will be wearing 11 this year after Thomas Chacon had worn it for two seasons. Nice catch. I did not, I did not pick up on that. Yeah. I, so that, that, that's kind of a thing I've noticed with the club is that kind of when they're done with somebody, you know, like that number becomes available again. I mean, who knows? I guess, you know, things could change, right? And, and maybe he comes back next year. Maybe, maybe Nico Hansen isn't a part of the long-term plans. Who knows? But at least for the time being, he doesn't have a number for us. I think this is the end. I think that it's kind of a, a holding pattern. Maybe this is even Liverpool kind of seeing, assessing what they they get from the guy. We don't really have anything to say for him other than, you know, not a, not a great work ethic and, and nothing really flashy when he did play for us. So kind of seems like a failed experiment at this point, but the good news is it's a DP slot open. If, you know, even with this, right? Like, Loaning him out opens up the DP spot, doesn't it, Sam? It does, yeah. So now we got two spots. 
So that that's interesting what you said about maybe it's Liverpool wanting to try him out because he hasn't looked good for us. As you know, his former club in Uruguay was, we thought, one of the suitors to get his services back. And they didn't seem too interested in him, at least not interested enough to make it happen. So you're right. Maybe Liverpool is trying to feel the situation out. I guess the only thing I want to add is there are some people that are angry at the club for how they handled the situation. As outsiders, we don't know what was going on inside the National Sports Center in Blaine. We, we don't know what was going on. We've heard rumors that his work ethic wasn't the best. We don't know. Adrian Heath never came out and said it. But I don't blame our front office. I don't blame our club because one player didn't work out. It's unfortunate. I wanted the best for him. I wanted the best for Minnesota United. It's unfortunate. I'm not thrilled when this kind of thing happens, but you look at all the people that we've brought in that have made an immediate impact. And I know I've said this before, but I, I just, I don't understand the negativity around how poorly the Thomas Chacon situation has worked out for Minnesota United. I mean, I, I think that you look at any team in kind of any sport and, and a lot of what helps teams be successful is taking risks and having them pay off. Um, I think one of the hallmarks, though, of successful teams as well is that that sometimes those risks don't pay off, right? So, like, this is a situation where he was a promising young player. They paid a lot of money to get him, but we've seen two years of him and, and it hasn't worked out. Uh, you don't just keep kind of running it back and, and giving a guy opportunities if it's not going to work, right? You got to, at some point, kind of cut your losses and move on. And that's kind of the impression I get from this club, you know, ownership and leadership, right, is that they want to have a successful product right now. And Thomas Chacon seems to continue to be a guy that's a couple years away from being a couple years away, right? So, like, he's, how old is he, 19, 20 years old? Yeah, 20 years he's old. He's 20 now, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know, like, soon he's going to be – he's going to be 21, 22 years old. And if he's not cutting the lineup, what's the point, right? I don't know. I, I consider it a gamble that didn't work out. Um, let's hope that the next one, whatever it is, it does. Agree with that. Now, before we get on to something more positive, we have another player who it's not looking like we're going to see much of him this year. Eichel Parra, there have been, so we haven't seen him since he played in the first two games of the 2020 season before we all closed down and, went inside for three months, right? He, he was there for two games and then we didn't hear from him again. Maybe little glimpses here and there. I, I do remember seeing him on the Jumbotron at, at the Orlando Stadium wishing his team well, but Eichel Parra has not suited up with the team for a year now and he is not in Orlando training with the rest of the team. He is not in Orlando doing preseason. It's been a year now. We don't totally know what's wrong the rumors are that it has something to do with concussions. This just isn't a good sign. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do not see Eichel Parra suit up again in a Minnesota United uniform or, or maybe in any uniform. I, I don't know, man. Nothing to say. I just hope Ike is well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, they, there, there was conversations that he was training with the team, maybe not doing uh, team drills, but, but, you know, some individual stuff. He was around the complex. It's just a bummer. I think it does, you know, obviously hindsight's easy to to say, oh, well, that makes sense. But looking at the roster, like I think that the 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 is it Juka or Yuka? Yuka Rataya, um, Ritalia, Retala, Juka. Well, Ret- when James did it, he he like rolled the R. So Juka, whatever his name is. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and edit. I'll just get James saying his name from a few episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> But like so, so look at him, right? So he is—he's a left back, right? So obviously, like Chase Chase Gasper is our starting left back. Yukrataya uh, becomes the primary left back, making it so that Bakai Dabasi doesn't have to play left back at all, right? Like that was part of the conversation last year that Bakai Dabasi was like a center back left back combo type player. I would not be surprised if Bakai Dabasi is the is a starter. I mean, obviously Boxall's Boxall's going to be, he's going to be the guy like he, he proved last year and I'm sure you can agree with me. I mean, shoot, Sam, weren't you the one that said he was your MVP? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, so I think Michael Boxall's definitely solidified himself as a center back. 
center back one. You know, Brent Coleman played well. Brent Coleman's in the cards, I think. But I think Bakayda Bossi's the the kind of the the mobile guy that that kind of Ike was similar type player. Um, I think that bringing in Juca allows Bakayda Bossi to focus on playing center back, um, and I'm guessing that that's that's what the pickup was for Juco is to just have, you know, just have depth on the back end. So, you know, we have guys at multiple positions that can play different spots, but also allowing guys to focus on one thing. But other than that, I mean, Callum Montgomery. <laughs> you, you never know. Um, and just to add on Juca, like he can also play on the right. He's been right. relatively versatile, both for, both for Finland and for Montreal. So, also, we've we've been seeing Hassani Dotson be successful in the eight role for the U.S. national team or the U.S. under twenty one national team. This, in a way, Juca kind of more or less can be the backup left back, backup right back. So we're not what, in a situation whoa, whoa, whoa. where we have to move Hassani that way. What about DJ Taylor? You forgot about DJ Taylor, man. He's well, in the cards too. Yeah, and when we talk about the preseason game against the Charleston Battery. We're going to talk all about DJ Taylor. I have personally not seen DJ Taylor play because we're not allowed to watch those games. (laughs) Sam is salty. (laughs) Not salty. (laughs) But let's, this should be a fun episode. We think it'll be relatively quick. We just went over like 10 minutes on players that aren't going to be with us and that, you know, we're sad about them not being here, especially at Kapara. But let's get into things a little bit. Ramon Abila, 31-year-old striker, seems to be on his way from Boca via a loan. And it it seems like it's a loan with an auto purchase for $4.5 million, which is a lot, okay? That is more than any club has ever paid for Ramon Abila in his entire career, okay? And he's coming off of two years where he was hurt on and off. So that is a lot of money should that auto purchase be triggered, right? It's, it's just under what we paid for Reynoso. Do we so, know, do we know what the games played amount is? We don't, we don't. So I'm assuming that it's Minnesota United is hoping that we only really need him near the start of the season and to be a substitute going forward meaning that there is someone else coming in the summer, maybe a French striker named Adrian Hanou. We don't know. Maybe someone else. I'm assuming that Minnesota United is not about to pay $4.5 million for a 31-year-old striker when no one has ever paid that much for that 31-year-old striker. But the dude bangs in goals. When he's healthy, he's scoring a goal every other game. And that's what your striker needs to do, Sam. They need to score goals. We and just haven't seen it. And he has he has a relationship already with Emmanuel Reynoso. They play together at Boca Juniors. Uh, I I think that it's it's it has all the potentials of being a great addition. Uh, there was actually about an hour ago, two hours ago, a tweet from TYC Sports talked about they they have a picture of him at the airport leaving for North America said he's headed to Minnesota. Uh, but you got to call him by his real, his, his nickname though, Sam Juan Chope. Juan Chope. Juan Chope. That's way more not, fun than Ramon. It is. Yeah. So I, I'm excited. I guess we'll see what happens. We talked about him a fair amount on the last episode. Seems like kind of a, a, a low risk, high reward type thing. I, I agree with you, Sam. There's no way that they give this guy the run to give 45 million bucks a four point not 45 uh, there's no way they give the guy this guy the run to get to to trigger a 4.5 million dollar purchase unless he's going to be the guy what would be worth it okay say that auto purchase is triggered justin if he's 4.5 million heading to boca what needs to happen for that to be well he's he's got to he's got to prove himself to be healthy you know he has to be fit he's got to be a guy that can score goals for us um, I think that he has to not necessarily have the immediate impact that Emmanuel Reynoso had, but I think that it does have to be obvious that he, he he is, you know, the second best player on our team, at least offensively, right? Like that's that's what I would need to see for for me to be cool with them triggering this. 
or, or giving him the, the run to be able to trigger the $4.5 million? What about you? I mean, I'm I'm thinking of because on top of that four point five million, there's gonna have to be a salary on top of it, right? He so it's it's not just four point five million. And I think about Zlatan, who went to LA Galaxy and was scoring over twenty goals a year. He came over on a free transfer and LA Galaxy were paying him seven point two million a year. And shoot, I, I think he just missed out on being the golden boot winner to Carlos Vela. So yeah, that, that's what I want, right? Like I want, and Ramona Bila is not the marketing machine that Zlatan is, right? <laughs> so you, you know that that price is inflated for Zlatan just a little bit, uh, given how much LA Galaxy were able to market with him. But if we're paying 4.5 million just in a transfer fee, plus whatever his salary is on top of it, I want him in the golden boot race. If he's in the golden boot race, I would say it's worth it. If he's not, then no. Fair enough. <laughs> Sam, uh, I'm going to preface this next section by saying that Sam sent a a, uh, a Snapchat to our group chat of him erasing, what was it, like half a page of notes about this next topic? Man, you I have- thought we were going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about the U.S. men's national oh, team man. qualifying for the Olympics. <laughs> I think Sam's convinced that Christian Pulisic was going to play. I think you thought it was going to happen somehow. Whereas <laughs> there was no way there was no way in the world. Right. And well, and and that that's kind of the thing is I think all of us collectively were counting our chickens before they hatched with this one, right? Like Christian Pulisic's talking to the media, talking about how much he wants to play in the Olympics this year. Greg Berhalter's talking to the media, telling everyone to hold their horses on just the the biggest American under 23 stars like Pulisic, McKinney, Dast, you know, just telling people to hold their horses on those European stars suiting up for the U.S. men's national team in the Olympics. I typed up like half a page worth of notes all about the U.S. men's national team going to the Olympics. And I, I did I did have like one small little note, like in parentheses, like assuming they qualify but I, I just assumed that they were going to qualify. And I don't know why I assume that Honduras, they're, they're off to the Olympics for the fourth straight Olympics. So that's what, 16 straight, 16 straight years of them qualifying for the Olympics. And the United States is not qualifying for their third consecutive Olympics, which is 12 straight years. So I don't know why I expected anything different, but at the expense of the United States, Honduras defeats the United States to qualify for the Olympics. How do you feel, Justin? Ooh, that game was rough, man. You know, I, I guess I didn't talk about it a ton, uh, but the Mexico game, we didn't look good. We did not look good watching that game. Obviously, they ended up losing one to nothing, right? So uh, I was not impressed with Mexico, the Mexico performance. It kind of made me, that was kind of like the shock, like the the shock to the system for me to kind of be like, oh, Maybe we're not good. Like maybe we're just we're just beating up on Dominican Republic, who is known for known for baseball, not soccer. Same as us, right? So right. So <laughs> I think the Mexico performance, and then been watching the Honduras game, where we just could not get anything going offensively. I mean, our only goal was was Jackson Yule. Shout out Jackson Yule, pride of Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, just getting a rocket, just hitting a rocket. Bloomington, Minnesota, known for hockey. So, you know, things can happen. <laughs> but, like, when your Ozzy Alonso equivalent is the guy that's got to score goals for you, right? I mean, I guess, like, a giveaway could be, too, that, like, Hassani Dotson was the main playmaker for this team, it felt like. And that's not Hassani's role with our team at all. Like, I mean, obviously, there's moments, right? He makes runs and stuff. You know, I don't know how much of the Honduras game you watched, but Hassani was trying. But he just... he. He kind of showed too that that's not his skill set as much. Uh, he played very well defensively. He was had a lot of passes that just weren't on the mark, advancing the ball up the field, trying to trying to get guys on runs on the wing. It didn't really work out the way he wanted it to. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I saw some article that was getting pushed by some guy that that used to coach the Mexican team, talking about how we're selfish and our t- our players are selfish and cocky and stuff. Because we we don't play, or no, our our organization is because we won't play Christian Pulisic in this game. 
And like, it's like, don't you know that he couldn't even do this? He wasn't even going to be able to play in this anyway. You know, like it was just, I don't know. Well, in Mexico had players that weren't allowed to be on their team. Right. Costa Rica had players that weren't allowed to be on their team. Like, yes, the optimal United States under 23 lineup would have looked way different. I'm sure they would have crushed. It would have been unrecognizable. Like how, like if we were allowed every U.S. under 23 (laughs) player plus three guys, no matter what age they are, that we can opt in, maybe Jackson Ewell would have made the lineup, but. Yeah, you got you got Sergio Dest just just carving up the field. Just give him the ball at, at right back, left back, and just let him dribble up the field and and shoot goal, shoot or hit bangers and stuff. That that's what I would like to see. <laughs> I became invested, and I think a big reason I became invested was because of Hassani being being my favorite player on Minnesota United. Him not only making the team, but being a making an impact on the team. I think I became invested in this U.S. Olympics team. I have never really cared about the men's Olympics uh, when it comes to soccer. I always watch the women's. I love watching the women's. I've never really cared about watching the men's national team. I, I didn't even, on, honestly, I'll be honest, Justin, I didn't realize that the U.S. hadn't qualified for the past three Olympics. That's rough. I didn't even realize that. That's how little I cared about the Olympics prior to now. It all was Hassani for me. I feel bad that he didn't qualify. I don't like these. And I, I think it's because the talking heads on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever, they have to they have to say things that are going to get people to watch and they're going to get people to click and whatever. We don't have to do that on this podcast. I don't think that the sky is falling. I am bummed. I really was looking forward to watching Hassani in the Olympics this summer. Selfishly, I'm glad that we don't have to let him go uh, and that he can be with us all summer. But it's true. But I was really looking forward to that for him and just kind of give him the opportunity to showcase what he's got on the world stage. It, it's not the sky is falling. Like, look at I forget when the U- U.S. men's national team lost to Trinidad and Tobago and was knocked out of world out of the World Cup. And you look at that was what? four years ago and you look at where we are now where we're talking about Pulisic and McKinney and Dest and now Yunus Musa and you know you got Zach Steffen like you look at all these just young talented players that are featuring for European big European teams like we're not talking that they're playing for James's Erie Divisie or anything like that like <laughs> these are these are big deal guys playing for like Barcelona it's... and Juventus and Chelsea like Manchester City. Yeah, it's it's know. not the it's not the years of past where like maybe we got a black guy playing for like Shock 04, right? Or whatever is right. it Shalk, Schalke 04 or whatever. Schalke, yeah. Now McKinney, I mean just a few months ago McKinney was playing for Schalke, but But like yeah. that's what I'm saying is like that used to be the thing, right? Like, oh my gosh, where's where's Michael Bradley playing as a backup in you know in in Germany? That's what it was for us, you know. John the Altador tearing it up for Sunderland, like <laughs> yeah. Michael Bradley riding the bench for Roma. Like, yeah, you're right. It was just who's who's the guy that played for Rangers? Does like Demarcus Beasley? I'm trying to like. I think I gotta look this up. Queens Park Rangers or the Glasgow Rangers? Uh, let me look it up. Demarcus Beasley. I just remember like there being a guy in the 2000s. That played for Rangers, just straight up Rangers, Scottish. But like he was like one of the best players on our team. And like, okay. I mean, Rangers are big in the Scottish Premier League, but like they're not They ju- they just won it for like the first time in almost a decade. And that was after being relegated to like the Scottish League three or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> because of finances. Uh, shout out Steven Gerrard. I know you're listening. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's, I think the I think the future looks bright. I think that there, you know, there, there is something to be said about Minnesota soccer fans that just uh, will always and forever believe that we don't have what it takes. And, you know, like this, this Olympic stuff is just another chance to kind of like kick, kick that, you know, kick that dog again. You know, it's just, I, I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot on the, fu- in the future for this team. I think that 
you know, with with the the choices these guys are making, with all the how the, all these young players are picking us over other countries, I think that that's super helpful. And I think that they, there's a good group coming up. I don't know if you're the one that said it, but I think the next what ten years we're gonna have a really good setup as long as people stay healthy. But think about that, right? Ten years from now, Reyna's gonna be twenty nine years old, or is he even gonna be? How old is is Gio Reyna? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look that up, and I'll just say on this trajectory, you think about the twenty twenty six World Cup, which is the twenty twenty six World Cup is held in North America, mostly in the United States. And we could have this team in their prime, mm-hmm. all these young players in their prime, 2026 on home soil. Gio Reyna will, G- will be 24. Yeah. In that World Cup. Actually, no, he'll be 23 because the World Cup's in the summer, right? Yeah. November 13, 2002. What were you doing when Gio Reyna was born? Sorry, what year was he born? November 13th, 2002. Oh my God. I was rocking a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> at whatever my first high school dance was. Freshman in, co- freshman in high school. We were freshmen in high school back then. Wow. He was yeah, born, was in, the he was born in Sunderland. Era. He was born in Sunderland. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. It was exciting though, I, I will say hearing that there were seven international call-ups in this window for Minnesota United, not just Hassani Dotson for the U.S. U23 Olympic qualifiers, but also Callum Montgomery for Canada's U23 Olympic qualifiers, which I didn't even check. I assume they lost to Mexico, right? I don't know. After we lost, I didn't care, right? I, I just didn't care, but I'm assuming Callum Montgomery, right? That would have been a huge social media story if Canada would beat Mexico. And we would have felt way better about ourselves for losing to Honduras. Oh my gosh! I just oh so I looked up their World Cup World Cup qualifier. Did you see this for for Canada? Obviously, this isn't the it's not the uh, the Olympic stuff. They beat Cayman Islands eleven to nothing. <laughs> speaking speaking of World Cup qualifiers, we'll move on with my list. Went over Hassani Dotson and Callum Montgomery already. Dane St. Clair called up for the Canadian senior team for World Cup qualifiers. Jan Gregish called up for Slovakia. He's been a fixture of the Slovakian national team that's going to the Euros this summer. Juka also, he's going to the Euros this summer with Finland. He was called up for the World Cup qualifiers, as was Robin Lud, also for Finland. And then Roman Metinair called up for Madagascar for African Cup of Nations qualifiers. So that's seven total internationals called up for Minnesota United. That's got to be a record for us. Usually I'm excited if we get like two to four. That's awesome. That's That's awesome. We got a good team. And yeah, especially those Euros that are going to be happening mid-June to mid-July. I'm excited for that. I won't be excited to have Jan and Robin overseas and out of our lineup, but man, it's going to be fun to watch them. And then you get to see Hassani Dotson get that run at the number eight, huh? We will. We will. That'll be his time to shine. The U.S. men's national team not going to be in the Olympics and Minnesota United no longer in the league's cup. So Minnesota United was originally one of the eight MLS teams slated to take part in the 2021 league's cup. The League's Cup was supposed to feature 16 clubs, eight from Mexico, eight from the MLS, but it was announced that this year's tournament is scaling back. So the top two teams from each conference based on 2020 regular season standings that are not scheduled to participate in the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League. So that's going to include Sporting Kansas City and Seattle from the Western Conference because Portland already qualified for the Champions League via the MLS is back. Minnesota United would have been next in line. And Justin, not for me to get in a hizzy, but this is really stupid because Sporting Kansas City should also be in the Champions League this year instead of Atlanta, right? Atlanta has no business being in the Champions League this year. Their spot should have gone to Sporting Kansas City. It does not. From that chain of events, Minnesota United denied of the League's Cup. But do we care? 
Uh, I mean, meh. I'm probably more bummed about the next thing we're going to talk about. But yeah, it'd be fun. Like, like I think you put on here, right? Like, it'd be fun to. It'd be really fun to to host a Mexican club in a meaningful game. Like, that'd be cool to kind of see that comparison to to see how we stack up to those, you know, Liga MX clubs. You know, like that's that's one of the nice things about it. But we want to kind of limit our games, right? Like this, this will be nice to not have as many games on the legs of our players. And, and though I'd love to see us be a part of every cup and get a chance to win trophies and stuff. I think that this season is more or less going to be about like learning again, how to play a full season, right? So we're coming off of a shortened season. This is a chance for them to play the full complement of games and hopefully make a run in the playoffs. I think that would be nice, right? So the fewer games you're going to play, the fresher your legs are going to be. Yeah, and the only thing I'm going to add is in 2023, the Nations League champion will have a Champions League berth. Kind of the same way, like in in Europe, if you follow European soccer, or European football, the second tier kind of international tournament, the Europa League, the winner of the Europa League gets into the Champions League. And just... By virtue of that, it makes the Europa League a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. This Nations League not featuring the Champions League teams already makes it second tier. And then right now, there's there's no automatic qualification to the Champions League for for the next year. That'll change in 2023, but it hasn't changed yet. So for that reason, I don't care as much about the nation. I don't care as much about the League's Cup. Shoot, now that I say that, I might have accidentally called it the Nations League earlier. (laughs) I don't care as much about the League's Cup as I would about the Open Cup. And we have news about the Open Cup that I'm not exactly thrilled about because we knew that there would only be 16 clubs from every United States-based league. There would only be 16 clubs allowed in the U.S. Open Cup this year. And eight of those 16 teams would be MLS clubs. And of course, if you're a Minneapolis City or a Forward Madison fan, you're you're kind of in a hizzy about this because those clubs deserve to be in the Open Cup and they were already more or less told no. But now we find out that those eight clubs, which I, I thought it would go by regular season standings, in which case Minnesota United was one of the top eight United States-based clubs according to 2020 standings. Um, in fact, we, w- we were ninth, but one of the teams ahead of us was Toronto, who can't can't be in the U.S. Open Cup. So we, we would have been in the top eight if they would have just gone by last year's standings, but that's not how it's happening. Instead, the eight MLS clubs for the U.S. Open Cup will be determined after the first three games of the MLS regular season. And that leaves me with all sorts of questions, but this was recently announced. At the time of recording, we've known about this for maybe an hour or two. So, I don't know, Justin, any thoughts? I think James put it perfect. Put it perfectly in our uh, in our group chat. Why do they make it so needlessly complicated and weird all the time? Be normal for once, MLS. Uh, three what? Three ga- like why? Why was this such like who was just like you know what? Let's go off of three games. That sounds like a good number because that like that's going to tell us who the quality of this like what? It's so dumb. Well, and our our three games will be at Seattle, against RSL, and against Austin. So against Austin in their third game ever. Uh, and we'll be at home for both RSL and Austin. So that that does help us. So Seattle, that's a tough draw. But RSL and Austin, that's favorable for us. Is RSL still in turmoil? Can we beat them, you know, <laughs> the, because of the turmoil of the past? <laughs> I mean, their ownership is in turmoil, but their team right. isn't necessarily. What happens if COVID gets in the way? Right? Like, what if Minnesota can't participate? because everyone in Austin has COVID. So Minnesota United doesn't get to play that third game. Like, how, well, how do you do that? 
I mean, it'll take a take a, a page from the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Like there was a team that that had an issue with COVID related stuff and they just forfeited the game. So there's a team that made it to the tournament over other teams that ended up not getting to play in their game because of COVID violations. Whether it was, I don't know if they had it was it was like they did something wrong or if it was just players got, you know, ill. But I could see that just happening, right? It's just like, well, I mean, what are they gonna do? Like all right, who's the next team? Let's throw them in there. Like they'll just have the team that that didn't get COVID move on. Huh. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm not a big fan of this. I think they should have just gone by previous year's standings. Now, you you can say that, oh, of course, Sam, of course you would say that, being a loons guy. Of course you want that. But I was pretty adamant that sporting Kansas city deserved to be in the champions league ahead of ahead of Atlanta. And that didn't impact the loons at all. And really still doesn't besides the nation's league thing, which we just said, we don't care that much about. I, I just, I'm a, I'm a big fairness guy, right? We're both teachers, Justin. I'm a, I'm about fairness. I'm about things being fair. With that said, cups kind of are the luck of the draw, right? And that's what makes the English FA Cup so cool is that any club can play any club. If your ball gets pulled out when they're when they're doing the draw, you can have just these crazy scenarios where Tottenham ends up playing some eighth tier club based in Liverpool, right? Like those crazy situations can happen. And you know, MLS is a little bit different in the sense that they're they're all the uh, all the top tier in the United States. But I think it was just a couple years ago. I think it was the last year we were at TCF Stadium when we did pretty well in our opening games and we were close to the top of the top of the Western Conference after the first three games. Like you could have a situation like that where 2018 Minnesota United is pushing for a U.S. Open Cup berth and pushing for that final 16 spot. You never know what's going to happen. That is part of the luck of the draw. So whatever, man. You want to talk about a game that neither of us watched? <laughs> I just know that we crushed. We crushed, man. I think we can talk about the lineup, though. Our, our starting lineup against the Charleston Battery, which was on Saturday, and we got a few updates from Twitter, and that's where this information is coming from. Because it was not televised, and no one was there to really watch it. But our lineup was Tyler Miller. So Tyler Miller in between the sticks, we all pretty much figured that with Dane Sinclair out. When Dane Sinclair is back, I think Justin, right, we're both predicting that Dane Sinclair will be the starter. And that's what I think. I mean, maybe they'd find a way to do some sort of job share, but I think Dane's, Dane was, I mean, I, I loved Tyler's play in the MLS's back tournament, but Dane kind of showed himself to be a, a little bit more of a, he seemed like a special player when he played, whereas Tyler felt like a competent goalie. Yeah, so we're expecting Dane St. Clair to be the day one starter for Minnesota United, but Tyler Miller is a good MLS goalkeeper. I'm not surprised at all that Tyler Miller was the starter against Charleston. And honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked. I I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be like shocked if Tyler Miller was the day one starter. We have a very a very enviable goalkeeper situation at Minnesota United. Our back four, Chase Gasper, expected. Michael Boxall, expected. Uh, Brent Coleman, a little bit of a surprise. I would have expected Baki Debasi to be in that spot. And then DJ Taylor starting outright. DJ Taylor... Right. So we recently acquired him from the USL. We, we were talking about him at the start of the show. We haven't seen him play yet. Now, Callum Williams, the play-by-play announcer for Minnesota United, I listened to his podcast, Sound of the Loons, and he predicted DJ Taylor to start in that spot. Start in that spot ahead of the likes of, say, Noah Billingsley. And when Callum Williams said that, I was like, oh, maybe this DJ Taylor guy, maybe he is legit. And then, yes, we do see him in the starting lineup for Charleston Battery. So 
I'm excited to see him. I don't really have any comments to make there other than the fact that Minnesota United did very good against the Charleston Battery in a game that we didn't get to watch. In the midfield, again, Hassani Dotson, he's away. Jan Grayish away. Ja'Cory Hayes in the eight role. Will Trapp in the six role, meaning Ozzy Alonso's on the bench. And then our next three, our attacking midfield, was Nico Hansen on the left, Emmanuel Reynoso in the middle, Ethan Finlay on the right, of course, Robin Lud away on international duty, and Juan Aguidello starting up top. And of course, he's the only striker on roster technically right now, except uh, for Froster Langsdorf. Foster. Except for Froster Langsdorf. So I, I, I don't know, man. Do you have anything to say about this lineup? I think it's it's the best of what's available, I guess, other than Baki Debasi. You know, obviously, who knows? You know, Brent's Brent Coleman's a good player. Maybe at this point they're kind of feeling out both of them to kind of figure out who's gonna be the you know, obviously if Michael Parr doesn't play right, who's gonna be the next the guy next to Michael Boxall. Uh I like that I like that Will Trapp is getting a chance to play a little bit. Uh do we know? I guess he will be the starter at the six, right? That's kind of the impression that we get. Yeah. And that, that Ozzy will be more of like a, a guy off the bench, kind of, you know, like change of pace at the end of the game kind of guy. Yeah. I always liked Corey Hayes, the guy with the tucked in shirt. Great look. <laughs> um, so Justin, don't take this the wrong way. You seem like the kind of guy that would do the tuck. No, 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 man. No okay. way. It would emphasize the shortness of my legs. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. Nico, okay. Nico Hansen. I'm not going to explain that any further. Uh, Nico Hansen on the left is an interesting play. I think it's from what it sounds like, everything that we're hearing is that uh, the Adrian Heath loves this kid. So well, he, it, he wanted him. Right. So we'll see. I mean, maybe this is. Maybe this is the the plate. Like maybe they're going to give him a run before they look elsewhere because we haven't heard anything about a left winger. You know, we haven't heard anything about a left winger signing. It feels like every time something's happening, we we kind of hear about it from like a mile away, right? Like, you know, it's always these long drawn out processes or whatever. Right. We we always kind of just assume that Minnesota United's going back to just putting Robin Lud out there, <laughs> <laughs> which we all want him to stay on the stay on the right. Yeah. yeah so like. Yeah, I, I was just going to add, like Nico Hansen, prior to Minnesota United signing him, Adrian Heath praised his versatility, which Adrian Heath is a versatility kind of guy. Those are the kinds of players right. he's looking for. That is a trait he likes. Prior to Minnesota United, you didn't see Nico Hansen play on the left a lot. You saw him play on the right a lot where we do have more depth. So that was kind of what made the signing a little bit surprising. But to see Nico Hansen starting on the left and scoring two goals from the left, of, of course, against the USL team, but still scored two goals from the left, that gives me more confidence that there was a plan, whether or not he is the day one starter or even the guy to just kind of expect in the optimal lineup for most of the season, that, that remains to be seen. Again, giving a shout out to Callum Williams and the Sound of the Loons podcast, the official Minnesota United podcast. Not that they pay us to say that. By his comments, and he's a guy that I trust for Minnesota United news, it does sound like Minnesota United is still trying to bring in someone new. It sounds like a lot of MLS clubs are still trying to bring in more players to be within their starting 11, their optimal starting 11s. But it sounds like Nico Hansen gives us an option on the left so that Robin Lud does not have to go that way. And then, yeah, like Brent Coleman starting over Baki Debasi. I'm guessing Baki Debasi just needed a rest. I don't know. We we didn't hear anything on that, but I can't imagine that Brent Coleman is closing in on Baki in the depth chart. I think that that was, we know that Heath trusts Brent Coleman. We know that Brent Coleman is a solid backup center back i'm guessing he just got some minutes i don't know if baki made an appearance later or not i don't know because we don't know much other than who scored goals who did score the goals justin so we crushed him nine to nothing so that's something you should know side note i looked into charleston battery and 
they're they're kind of not that slouchy of a team. They finished second in their their group of the USL to Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, they ended up going to the so they made the USL playoffs. They lost in the second round to Tampa Bay Rowdies, who played. And I, I guess I didn't remember this happening, but Tampa Bay Rowdies made it to the final and they canceled the final. So the final didn't happen this year for USL Championship, I guess. It, it didn't happen for USL League One either because both finals had someone get COVID. Yeah, that's wild. So anyway, I mean, who knows? They they probably were. That's it's also a, a, a friendly for them, right? So who knows what what product they're putting out? Uh, but Nico Hansen, as you said, got two goals. Ethan Finlay had two goals as well. Uh, Juan had one. Patrick Weah, the youngster, uh, the youngster, recent signing, homegrown player, had one as well. Justin, McMa- Justin McMaster, the the first round draft pick, that it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. We haven't heard a ton, you know, about how camp is going for him, but we'll, well see. Actually, we have. Heath Heath is impressed. Okay, that's Heath good made, to know. Heath made some comments, some comments that more or less reminded me of some of the positive buzz that we once heard about a Hassani Dotson, mm. where I'm like, at the time in 2019, I was like, okay, Heath, whatever, just. But Heath doesn't just blow smoke at us. Heath tells us what's on his mind. I like Heath. For sure. Uh, then Ozzy Alonso had a penalty kick. And then Foster Langsdorf got a goal. <laughs> I think he scored that goal. And he was like, that's for you, James. I hope you feel better soon. <laughs> what did we learn, Sam? I, I think we kind of went over what we learned already. I, I know that that was, I had that written in the notes, but. I, I'm not reading into the Brent Coleman starting over Baki Debasi. I think we did learn that Nico Hansen is trusted on the left. And again, I think that that is significant because prior to this game, he had mostly played on the right for Houston. And then combined with that, we when when we signed him, he praised his versatility. So clearly, uh, Nico Hansen trusted on the left. We've also been hearing that Juan Agudelo, who against Charleston Battery, he was our striker. He started up top. We've also been hearing that he can play on the left as well. So those are options that Heath must have in mind for either backups to whoever we bring in or if we're not able to bring in a Molino replacement for the left uh, wing spot right away. It sounds like those guys are in the plans for Adrian Heath. So. That's what I take away from it. I didn't really take away much else. Good to see Ozzy Alonso score a goal against his former team, though, because many, many, many years ago, Justin, Ozzy Alonso, the Charleston Battery, were his first team outside of Cuba. I did not know that. Good yep. good fun fact there. Yep. By the time you guys are listening to this, so we're recording Monday night, but Minnesota United has another preseason game March 31st. That is a Wednesday against Columbus. So who knows? Maybe they'll see their old friend Kevin Molino. I'm, I'm not sure if he's on international duty with Trinidad and Tobago. I'm, I'm not honestly sure if Trinidad and Tobago, I know that their national team was having some existential issues. I'm not sure if they are even away for camp right now, but... Kevin Molino might be there Saturday, April 3rd against Cincinnati. And then Friday, April 9th, the final preseason game it's against Orlando. And then man, the big thing is coming up. The real thing is coming up. Seattle Friday, April 16th. It's finally here. Justin and I are both vaccinated. We went to a happy hour once since the vaccination and Justin, you going to come over, watch the game? I think so. I think that's going to have to happen, huh? You got a projector or something? Can we watch it outside? Is it going to be warm enough to watch it outside? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to forecast for three weeks from now, right? <laughs> or just two weeks from now. A little over two weeks from now. I'm not going to forecast. I'm not some meteorologist, Justin. But I do have, so I, I could bring a TV into the garage. And I do have a heater in my garage. Because whoever owned the house before I did must have liked working in their garage. Nice. I've played beer pong in my garage a few times and have turned it on for that. But not doing a lot of projects, let's just say that. I don't know, man. This was under an hour. 
Does that count? Does that count as a quickie? Kind of, considering we only had on most days we have three pages of notes, and today we had two. No offense to James. I thought with James not being here, I thought we would be a lot quicker. <laughs> um, <but laughs> let let me rephrase that. He tends to have more things that uh, weren't in the notes to say, and he tends to elaborate a little bit more in a good way. In a good way, James and. Shoot, with that accent, bringing in the female listeners, like we can't complain. I thought, Justin, I thought we would finish in about 45 minutes. And this is about 55. So we're running about 10 minutes longer than I would have expected for the two of us. But no big deal. No big deal. Hey, guys, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Helps us a lot. Tiny little independent podcast helps us a lot. uh, Gain exposure for other people looking for our tiny little independent podcast talking about balloons and give us a follow on social media at pod loons. I would say Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, but James has been doing just a God awful job with our Instagram. So maybe just look for us on Twitter at pod loons. And then on Facebook <laughs> pod loons. I don't know, man, I got nothing else to say. I'm just excited. Hey man, I, I think the next time we talk is going to kind of be our preseason special, right? So I'm excited for that. I can't wait. I can't wait for the yeah. season to start up. Yeah, we're going to be previewing Seattle the next time we talk. And we're going to bring, hopefully bring back Cameron from Gorilla FC to to talk about it. One of our recurring guests just happens to be huge in Seattle's supporting culture. So, And just happens to be a professional radio dude. So, Yeah, he's legit. He, he is legit. I don't know what he's doing doing guest spots on our show, but (laughs) (laughs) all right, guys, until next time, pot on you loons, pot on you loons. (laughs) 